Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Cheers if you just joined us. Hey Paula, hey Miko, hey Ramona, Tina. Um, yeah, just a reminder, if you have joined us, um, just comment, let us know if, if you're around. Obviously nice to see who's on in the comments. Um, and yeah, give us a thumbs up, a like, a little wave if you want to. Um, yeah, great stuff. Got got some people joining now. We've got Suzette, Julie, Laura, Leah, all the way from Oz. Yeah, nice to see you with us. It must all be the quite usual late suspects. Where all you the are. usual suspects. <laughs> all the usual suspects, yeah. Um, yeah, Leah, thanks for staying up so late. <laughs> There's um yeah, great stuff. Oh, here's Dave, Dave Rimmerton. Yeah, um hoping your knee is getting better, Dave. Um, how's Hop Along Dave getting along? Well, he's, he's luckily he's hopped into the office today. I have hopped um, into the office, yeah. My first, <laughs> really. my first, first day back in the office, and um, yeah, feel pretty good. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Dave. I um, I I, I know you were uh, you were like, no, I really want to do it, really want to do it. And I was like, Dave, it's okay. Yeah, we'll take into a couple of times with me. I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, no, yeah. I always said like bullet in the head before I missed a Tuesday <laughs> tuning, and um, <laughs> as it turns out, you know, completely blown up knee doesn't doesn't count it's not on the list yeah no good man good man well hey look so um we'll get on with it today we we've got uh, lots to crack on with dave uh <laughs> <Good resist>. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna kill me later um was that yeah so yeah. needed sorry. to be said mate needed oh. to be said <laughs> don't worry i'll um yeah i, I could have some comebacks on there but i won't, I won't, I won't go that far yeah uh, is, the whole live will be puns <laughs> Uh, but yeah, today is 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 all about sort of allergies, um, you know, things that, um, you know, because we, we get a lot of, asked a lot of questions around allergies. You know, what happens if I, you know, allergic to dairy, uh, if I'm gluten intolerant, celiac, allergic to nuts, things like that. Um, also, as well, you know, you've got people who maybe struggle with asthma and and or, or hay fever. Um, they need to take some, sort of certain drugs to to manage that or altitude. Um, yeah. and, and that leads us on to, to then drugs, that, you know, not, not the dodgy kind. Um, you know, the, the altitude drugs. So we talk about things uh, like Diamox or Acetylazomide, yeah. as it's called, although Diamox is a lot easier to say. Yeah. Um, you I've know, we never don't managed, never managed the other one. <laughs> Acetylazomide. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah we, we wanted to talk about that as well, because we, we thought, well, whilst we're talking about, um, you know, c- certain things, we'll, we'll drop it in. Um, but right, Dave, yeah, where, where should we start, mate? I know um, a bit of a mad start today, but... Uh, <laughs> Should we start on on the types of questions that crop up, or maybe you know I've I've said a few already. Where, where should we where should we crack yeah, on? Yeah, I think probably the most common um, question we get around sort of I suppose if we start with one of the yeah. most important because your diet, what you eat every day day to day, you know that yeah. fuels the body. Um, it's got to be right. It's got to work for you. Otherwise, the whole trip isn't is is going to fail after day one. So one of yeah. the questions we get quite a lot is about um, you know celiac gluten intolerance. Yeah. Um, and whether, you know, we're able to, comp- um, you know, uh, cover those types of meals. Then you've got, yeah. you know, vegetarians, vegans, you know, lot, lots of different sort of, you know, diets. And, you know, it's one of the big things because obviously it is super important to people because you don't want to have to compromise, you know, your health or, you know, your values in order to be able to reach EBC or Killy yeah. or go to Patagonia or anything like that. And, one of the good things about our trips, which one of the reasons why they take a little bit of time to put together is because we don't just sort of 
slap a name on them and, and, and let the chips fall where they may. We do yeah. try and sort of work out all of these little kinks for people. And um, we are happy to say that, you know, on pretty much all of our trips, we are able to accommodate. In fact, I'm not, I'm not aware off the top of my head any type of intolerance or choice um, yeah. that we can't sort of accommodate, really. And if I'm, I think I'm right. No, we've, we've had, um, you know, some people with some serious disabilities on, on the trek. And, you know, they had, um, you know, one person uh, was, I think it was a, a, someone who's had autism, quite severe non-verbal autism and they had a, his carers with him yeah. uh, on the way to Everest Base Camp and you know they it was the same questions you know um, you know what would it be like you know what's what sort of food is available um, you know and and the, the biggest thing we, we all said was that open dialogue really was that you know if there's anything like that that goes on you obviously tell us yeah. share it with us and we can um, you know we can discuss it with the on the ground team then and say right okay look we got someone <clears throat> with this condition um or you know if it's a disability or anything and then we can whether that might be uh you know we had like extra porters uh with some people before just to yeah. maybe carry a bit of their support equipment um you know we've been able to accommodate that because we we, <clears throat> we certainly don't want to be the the, the no crew we, you know we, we can especially with the way it is now it's not as remote you know which is in a way you could say it's a little bit of a negative thing but i, I think it's not but it's not as remote as it used to be which is yeah. good in terms of having electricity, running water, having access to certain things uh, quite quickly. Oh, okay, you, know, you can't get away from it. You are in a remote location. You know, it's uh, you know, there's, there's no Mackie D's there. There's, there's you know, limited <laughs> yeah. pharmacies. You know, um, it's it is remote, but you know that that definitely certainly what's available already is an advantage, and and we'll we'll, we'll certainly do that when yeah. it comes to anyone that's got an issue. Um, that does have its advantages because we can manage it. Like, I know we've talked about and had questions around people who've had, uh, uh, was it a colostomy bag? Um, you know, and, and people who've had that. I think someone actually climbed Everest with a colostomy bag. Or, no, sorry, Kilimanjaro, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, yeah, Kilimanjaro, um, yeah, yeah. With, with, a, with that kind of issue. And you see, the same, this, that wasn't our trips, by the way. That was um, someone else that we read about and researched. Um, you know, very inspirational chap. I, I, I can't remember his name, but he... Um, you know, he knew it was going to be challenging. There's probably going to have to be some, uh, it could take a little bit longer or have to be some things that might be a little bit different for him. But, you know, what his desire to, to want to get to Top Achille, even with that kind of issue, um, you know, whilst trying to keep it clean and sanitised and all the stuff that goes along that. Um, yeah. and, and and he did it, um, you know, fair deuce to the bloke well, um, because that was challenging, right? One of the good things about sort of the, the trips that we do as well and keeping them sort of customizable. It is that, you know, when you mentioned there about it being remote, it almost, I think as well, plays into your favor if you do have an intolerance, because that means that a lot of the food is fresh. You know, it's grown locally, yeah. it's produced locally, um, and it's all like local vegetables and stuff like that. We always say to stay off meat in these remote locations yeah. anyway. So generally speaking, as um, it's a little bit different on... Kilimanjaro, you, you, we can provide meat meals on Kilimanjaro just because of the way yeah. that we, we, we cook it all, you know, bring it all up. We have our own gas and everything like that. So it's all safely done. But when you're sort of trekking more like EBC, where it's sort of rather than sort of top to bottom, where you bring everything with you, it's like you're using the local tea houses and the local support. Um, pretty much everything there is vegetarian as a default anyway. Um, so you've got vegetarian covered. Um, if you are vegan, um, all you have to do is let the guide know. They can make sure there's no cross-contamination and things like that. Yeah. Um, and also, we always recommend that, like that fella, James, who went to EBC, who was, um, yeah, he was a non-verbal um, autism 
he was celiac. He did bring yeah. some stuff with him, which we always recommend as well. So yeah. if you know that there are some sort of like, um, you know, dried foods that you can bring that you know you can eat in an emergency, um, or if there's some snacks that you can have um, that are not going to be able to buy locally, then bring those as well. Because, um, you know, snacks are always on my, uh, and sweets are always on my 10 list of things in the day pack. And um, yeah, it makes a big difference. I also read somewhere that Oreos might be vegan as well. Um, oh, maybe really? maybe okay. one of the vegans, yeah, maybe Diane is on here and she can confirm that for me. But um, I was quite surprised that Oreos uh, were vegan. But if they are, that might yeah. be an awesome little thing to uh, bring with you as a little little. Treat. <laughs> we um uh, one thing to to sort of shout out about as well is um Shona, who's one of our uh, Evertrekker veterans now. She's been to uh, Everest Base Camp with us um a couple of years ago now. I know, I know we, obviously that gap year, which is you know the last twelve months has been a bit of a a lost year as such, but. Um, she came back with us, I think it was in 2019. Shona, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I know time's absolutely crazy right now, but um, did a really good article for us, uh, which is now on our website, um, which I highly recommend that you, um, you read. Lauren, if you're, you're on the links, if you can put that link into the comments there, just for everyone to, I see, I see Penny's back, Dave. Uh, yeah, she hasn't <laughs> seen me in a few days, so she wanted to come over and say hello, so I had to give her a little ruffle. <laughs> oh, I love her. Yeah, Penny the Everdog is uh, yeah, just She hasn't just seen me in a week, so she's, uh, hello. Just amongst <laughs> yourselves, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she knows, mate, you need a big hug after your injury, that's what it is. Yeah, oh, mate, you're telling me about it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Um, sorry, where were we? Yes, uh, Lauren, uh, I think she's going to be posting the... Um, uh, when it comes to uh, sorry, Shona, in her article, she's going to be posting it in the comments now. Definitely read that. And I was almost lost then. Um, yeah, some of the uh, some of the comments came in and they're really good. Got some really good questions as well, which are on topic. So we'll definitely take those on. Yeah, um, loads of questions coming through, which is good, guys. Keep them coming as well. Um, you know, we usually here for about an hour, so we'll we'll try and cover everything if we can. Um, Diane, yeah, Diane, great to see you on. Um, I know, obviously, we've. Um, We've talked about this before, but yeah, definitely chuck your your, your questions in, mate. Um, I know ooh, Oreos are vegan, but can't Oreos have vegan. Dave Dave Rimmington single portion intolerant. Um, we've got a little uh, um, uh, EBC, mate. Dalbat all the way. Yeah, um, because you'll get thirds and because they make so much rice, they're like more rice, and you're like, please, for the love of God, no more rice. <laughs> and they uh, they'll keep feeding you until you burst. A um, bit of a heavy meal to have, and didn't it? If you like, when you stop for lunch, like, it is. Yeah, it is. Like usually, uh, I, I know Andy's is uh, momos and chips, right? That's the go-to lunch. Yeah, well, well, sometimes you know when you're on a trek, uh, you know you you like some comfort food, or you get you get to that point where certain foods are, are kind of you know you're 100% you're going to eat that, even if you're not feeling great, because at altitude that does come into it. You know the foods that you might normally enjoy. Um, you know, if you're not feeling too well or, you know, one of the symptoms of altitude, high altitude sickness, um, you know, which is it, it does subside. Um, but I'd say most people do feel this way is that you lose your appetite. Yeah. So uh, I always think that if you can stick then and I know it's a bit boring, but, you know, it is what it is. You're on a, a certain trip that you, you need the fuel, you need carbs or you need energy or protein, you know. And for me, if I can have potatoes, so I, you know, obviously, you know, I, I've got no intolerances as such. But um, yeah, so I usually have eggs and potatoes um, or uh, momos, which is a Nepalese dish, which is fantastic. Yeah. And you always get this little sort of dip of some curry sauce, which is lovely. And that is just easy to eat with chips. You know, we all like chips. Um, and yeah, and, and off you go. Uh, it's, you've, got, you've got the fuel. But um, 
yeah, obviously, if, if you can't eat chips or you can't eat eggs, you know, what else is there? Right. You know, yeah. We get this question a lot. You know, what else is there to eat? I know we talk about rice. And again, it, I don't know the specifics of, of what's in what's in what I'm trying I'm off my uh, educated guess with it. But I know a lot of people before, Dave, have, have eaten a lot of rice. Right. The people who have a lot of intolerances. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, it, like there's no way of getting around it, but I suppose yeah. it's like most places in life when you, if you're not able to cook for yourself, if you do have an intolerance, it will narrow the menu for yeah. you. So you're not going to be able to have everything on the menu. But what we can do, we can be really careful for things like cross contamination. So if you yeah. do want something um, that's you know vegan or vegetarian, but you're just concerned, then we can we can make sure it's not doesn't come into contact with anything. Um, but the other side of it is, yeah, like it tends to be a lot of rice. Yeah. And um, you can get vegetable fried rice. Um, yeah. Obviously, that, I think sometimes the maybe they, they might use the oil, but most of it's just fried in a wok, you know, with a little bit of oil and stuff like that. But you yeah. can you you can always say to them no oil or no none of this vegetable, and they'll they'll make it for you as you would like it. They're so accommodating. Um, the other thing as well that we should talk about is um, you know on Kilimanjaro, it's slightly different given that we take everything with us. You know, yeah. so what will happen is you'll have a little briefing at the beginning of the trek where the guide will ask you, you know, any vegetarian, any vegan, any intolerances. And all you've got to do is then make them aware of any specific meal you need or would like or don't want or don't like. And they'll make sure that you're accommodated for the entire trek. Yeah. Um, and also, like I said, you know, if in doubt, bring something with you. You know, those little... um. What's that company? Uh, Summit to eat and uh, do pretty good. Oh, stuff, Grace, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure on their. Um, again, their sort of maybe gluten free range or you know that. But they, I know they. They do cater for for sort of vegans and people with allergies. Yeah. So it's worth looking at them. Summit to eat. They do have um, a gluten free range, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and they are. They're backup, aren't they? You don't necessarily need them because, look, you know, you, I know you you want to bring stuff, and you know, obviously we. We try and obviously support with food as much as we can because that's what's included. Uh, yeah. But if you want to bring st your own stuff, you can, and we can give them to the guys. And they can, they can get it all ready for you and prepped. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's not a problem. Okay. Um, Jerome saying, "Don't eat the Tanzanian porridge." I think we had a similar reaction there. The banana porridge, and remember when they brought out um, a huge big bowl of banana porridge? It's an acquired taste. Um, you yeah. can't really equate it to the porridge you're used to at home. Um, I well, you've got to you've got to trick your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ate it. I had a bowl. Um, I'll be honest with you. I put an unusual amount of jam in it. <laughs> like it was mainly like um, it's quite because in Tanzania, their 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 food that, that Tanzanians eat uh, is ugali, which is their um, it's made um, you know from local produce essentially. That's what nearly every Tanzanian eats. It's yeah. quite basic, and that is an acquired taste. I remember the first time I went to Tanzania, way before um, start of Evertrek. I think it was two thousand eight. The first time I went there and. Um, yeah, try that for the first time. But it was quite cool, actually, you know, because, you know, yeah. it was, it was in a remote, remote place. And Have I tried that? And I don't think I've tried it. I, I know we had... Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't sure. think I did it. Next I know time. we had... Um, next time on the I'll have it, which, um, yeah, it might uh, give me at least nine months. <laughs> I definitely... Um, <laughs> I definitely... Not because I'm <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, good to hear, Dave. Um, but, yeah, banana beer is definitely better than banana porridge in um tanzania but you know that's another beer, story yeah. also yeah again not really beer um but yeah with some of our guides over there having a little bit of a um impromptu celebration 
<laughs> drinking some banana it was beer. a debrief but um moving on from diet then and should we talk yes, a little yeah. bit about the perhaps the medications that you might need and stuff like that yeah yeah, there's a couple of questions I know come in. I'm just reading some of the comments. It's great to see so many uh, so many people join us as well. Um, someone was talking about you know, sort of using different medications together as well, which, um, you know, there's there's some sort of myths around that. So it's, it's, it's want to try and bust those if we can. Um, yeah, so the, the first one, obviously, is Dymox um, or acetylazamide, if you ever, uh, if you want to Google it. But Dymox is essentially something that um, I think it was about 50, 60 years ago. It was, it was used to treat um, epilepsy um initially or no uh, yeah epilepsy and, and, and uh, some sort glaucoma. of eye glaucoma, glaucoma yeah. and they realized for some crazy region that actually it's um it's great when you're at altitude to sort of help with the symptoms um and back in our early days it was something that i have to be honest you know i wanted to, to do more research on and also testing as well um and now sort of five years on from my my sort of early thoughts around diamox which was you know I, I used to advise against it you know i want to be honest about that but my mind has completely changed and it can change uh, people's trips uh, like yeah. that. Absolutely unbelievable. You'll see people that say um, really, you know, bad at say three and a half thousand meters, um, you know, like almost like, okay, trips almost over here. And then they're on uh, Diamox and the next day they're at four and a half thousand meters or four, just over 4,000 meters and they're fine and yeah. they're strong. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, that was a change. Um, you know, and all of our guides do carry, um, uh, do to carry Dymox, but you can, uh, you know, visit your local uh, travel center or yeah. travel clinic, GP. Um, GPs, for, for some reason, uh, they don't like prescribing it. So if, if, you know, good to have a chat with them. But I always like to sort of advise that, you know, they're not altitude specialists. No. Um, speak to the travel guys, the, the, the people that, that the travel specialists, they're the, the ones who they will prescribe it because they know what it can do exactly. and they know how safe it is. Um, you know, so definitely speak to them. But yeah, Dymox is certainly... Uh, one that I highly recommend if you are struggling. Yeah. Dave, I know last year on Killy, it wasn't yep. something you used before and necessarily right. didn't really want to use it, but you did and it changed your trip, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I joined Team Dymox. So, um, so yeah, I've done EBC multiple times and been to altitude multiple times, but, um, and I always treat medication. So if I need it, I'll take it. I've always advised people that. Um, yeah. And then when it came where I had to make that decision for myself, I decided, well, I'll follow my own advice and, be an adult about it it doesn't it doesn't matter about ego or anything like that it's yeah. about enjoying the trip and getting to the top so some people like um you know might worry about taking it because they they want to do it without it you know but i realized that's, that's not the point you know like if your knee sore you'll take an ibuprofen if you have a headache you'll take a paracetamol if you are struggling with altitude take some dimox it takes the edge off the only thing is i think you're not supposed to take it if you have any type of something to do with sulfur so I think any medication um, yeah. where the word sulfur is going to appear, then you need to avoid it. Um, it will make you pee more. So my yeah. brief understanding of how it works is when your body is naturally acclimatizing, it takes at least a month at altitude to produce more red blood cells. And that's why it takes so long to climb Everest. When yeah. we go to these trips like Killy and EBC, we're only there for a short period of time. So what the body does is it, it sort of cheats and it starts, a natural diuretic process yeah and it increases the ratio of red blood cells to everything else so you'll start peeing a lot more um and that means that all your body's doing is just transforming itself into an oxygen transporting machine and not worrying too much about everything else 
that's why when you get like a little infection or a cut, it might take longer to heal at altitude. Yeah. Um, so you'll pee a bit more naturally. When you take Diamox, it's like adding a turbocharger to that process. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you'll be peeing loads more. So it is important to drink um, a lot of water. Um, I have only ever had the. I've only known anyone ever have the same side effects as me, which is pins and needles and tingling. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not like it, it's annoying. It's not sort of unpleasant. Yeah. It's it's just. It's just you know annoying because it's really specific like you're getting yeah. half your tongue i had it you know or like one ear you know or like by this it drives you mad but other than that i started feeling a little bit slow a little bit lethargic um i noticed i was having a little bit of a, a headache that was making me feel a bit nauseous um and i just thought well i'm gonna nip it in the bud i'll just take half a diamox uh twice a day um and well i made it to the summit of Killy. i was yeah. laughing and joking on the summit and made it back down totally fine so clearly exactly. it did a uh clearly it did a, a good job yeah and exactly dave and you know you hit some good points there uh diamox 100 i mean from from our position you know yeah use it i know it's obviously some some questions and comments coming there like i think it was um uh where is he andy uh andy mcnaughton jones yeah thanks for, for sharing us that and uh your wife's a gp um yeah don't take it prophylactically we, we have seen that from people and, and we, we go along with that like you've got nowhere yeah. to go if you start taking it and then you still get altitude issues <clears throat> then yeah you've got nowhere to go essentially so yeah 100 yeah, we agree with that and, and we always um i know some because this is the flip side again I've, I've heard gps say the opposite to that so it's always like you know who do you listen to because there's obviously a lot of opinions about it yeah but i think just from experience and seeing how people react to it it's always better used, um, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're having altitude issues and your guide gives you, say, half a tablet even and makes a difference, great. You've got still got somewhere to go then because you can have a full tablet. Yeah, you can exactly. have more throughout the day. And, you know, you obviously whilst um, whilst your body naturally acclimatizes, because it will, it just takes takes time for some people. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's altitude. It's it's a funny, funny bugger, I tell you. But it's, um, you know, really what... Weird, no. <laughs> <laughs> So I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um... <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, 100%. And then it, it, there, there's some other questions. I, I, I think I saw someone ask um, earlier um, around using certain drugs with a certain medication with uh, Diamox. And if you can, um, like, for instance, some people who are at altitude like to take an aspirin a day, which is cool. I mean, I do. Uh, some people like to take um, ibuprofen or even paracetamol, you know, uh, Dave is practically a walking pharmacy or altitude. So, you know, we yeah, always go to Dave, essentially. You know what? It, uh, mate, I have that first aid bag full of all the medication I need. Everyone always laughs at me in, like, uh, at Kathmandu or Moshi. Halfway up the mountain, they're my best <laughs> friend. I remember when um, Steve, our videographer, was halfway up Killy, and um, he came over to me. He's like, Dave, ibuprofen. <laughs> to the love of God, ibuprofen. Yeah, I was like, yeah. damn, mate, I got it, yeah. But no, mate, I, um, I call them uh, in Nepal, in the pharmacy there, I, I call them super Mikey pills. So you can get these um, ibuprofen and uh, paracetamol combined. Um, which is, very, yeah, which, which normally people wouldn't recommend, right? Well, you can do it. I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah you yeah. can do it because cause they, they, they don't contradict each other or, right. or impact yeah. each other. One is just an anti-inflammatory. One's like for headaches. 
So you can do it. Obviously, you've got to be wary of how much you're taking. So don't just like, you know, don't have a Pez dispenser and just keep like firing them in. Yeah. You know, just just like um, like uh, uh, Andy's wife would say, you know, don't take it if you don't need it. You know, there's there's no need to take any drug if you don't need it. Um, So if you're so if you're having a, a problem like pain or altitude or anything like that, stomach related. Um, then you can take it to treat it as you would back home. You know, yeah. being at altitude is is no different. You know, although altitude is a, is another factor. If you're yeah. not experiencing altitude sickness, then just enjoy that. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and congratulations, you're acclimatizing well. There's no need to worry about getting it. You know, and um, just proceed with that mindset. Yeah, I am um, uh, Jerome. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again, mate. Uh, I was told by my Killy team leader that you should not take Diamox and aspirin in combination yeah and again this is you know you, you you could have a team leader a guide you know you could have someone else uh, you know a gp there's so many opinions out there about what you can and can't take together um from experience i've known people who have taken them together i've taken them together and i'm fine um you know because i take aspirin um anyway at altitude i mean it was something in all my research even before um for starting the company uh, you know five years ago now um, it was it was something because I, I thought, OK, if you're aspirin and blood tends to thicken because it produces more red blood cells. If I take aspirin, maybe that'll level it out a bit. And even if it has that placebo effect, it make me feel better. So I did. And uh, the first sort of two or three times I did that at altitude, didn't take Dimox. Um, I've taken Dimox once, very short period of time and aspirin. That was fine. I know a lot of people who have done both and they've been fine. So I think, yeah, Jerome, it's, um, it's a good question. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to. Um, sort of say that your your, your team leader on Killy was, was was wrong, because you know what there's there's the pin, there's always different opinions. Um, yeah, I'd say my personal opinion is you you're fine to take the two together, um, but you know we all have to to kind of make that choice of, you know we're all adults and we all know relatively the same same bits about these drugs. You know I'm not a doctor or a GP. I just I'm talking from experience, um, and experiences I have taken both and have been fine, and I think you know uh, yeah. Maybe that guy or, or, or lady might have, might have seen someone else be ill, but it might have been something else. You never know. But yeah. um, I'd say you'd be fine. I mean, our position on it is, is that. Is, well, is, no, is, nomad, is. nomad Travel Clinic, the nurses there have said that the only contradiction with Diamox really is the, um, is the uh, uh, sulfur-related medication. So yeah. I think it's quite often if you have a heart condition or something like that, yeah. you might be on medication that has some degree of sulfur in it. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% certain. I know that climbers use aspirin, you know, because it thins the has a blood thinning effect. Yeah. And when you're um, climbing Everest, for instance, your blood will get like really viscous and thick, particularly if you try and do it without oxygen. You know, they always yeah. take aspirin, and it's good for headache as well. You know, yeah. so um, it just keeps there. But like I said, I mean, just follow the advice of the professionals. You know, like yeah, if your yeah. doctor or your GP or your nurse, whoever it is, says not to do something, then just listen to them. Also listen to your guide as well. Jerome, your guide might have had a um, very good reason for suggesting yeah. that. He might have had an instance in his life where he's dealt with someone where they were both on those and had difficulty. But um, it's a good question. I'll look into apparently why. But um, yeah. So I've seen a few comments. Um, yeah, I, I am certainly a bit red today. Um, I, I spent hiking in North Wales this weekend. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw the email. There was some swimming involved. Uh, but yeah, there was lots of sun and it was great to get away for the first time in, in ages doing some hiking. Um, yeah, you know, just a nice little relaxing weekend. Uh, some bim- a bimble on the Saturday was great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do burn quite easy. And um, I know I should listen to my mum and use more sun cream. 
uh yeah i, I and you're welsh mate like me where, where, where we, 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 we evolved to live under cloud yeah. <laughs> you know, so, i know yeah. and it is warm in here as well i, I realized that i was like jeez oh, but um yeah. but yeah great uh, dave we'll, we'll crack up with some questions because i'll tell you what we've, we've got loads actually have come in good uh, lauren's been uh uh been posting loads on here let's go right let's have a look um right let me remember where we were at. okay right dave i'll start with this one shall i um here we go chris uh booked for ebc uh and killy uh with ourselves great chris uh he has a severe nut allergy uh he's going to have a couple of epi pens uh just to make sure uh you insert insurance covers it but should i bring some snacks uh i'd like not to die if possible yeah yeah well we know Ho hopefully we'll do that chris that's always, uh, that's, always that's always our number one bonus. um you know whatever to be honest with you, it really does help us not having to make an awkward phone call um yeah. so i think yeah bring some snacks um what do you think i think let the guide know because you uh, it depends yeah yeah i know some people that can't even come into contact with a nut right you know like if, if someone's eating a nut next to you it, it, it has an effect so yeah, do all, do take all the precautions that you normally would at sea level, um, and bring some snacks. And um, yeah, if possible, mate, we will keep you alive. Yeah. Um, no, no. On, on, on a serious note, like uh, yeah, just obviously all jokes aside. Um, yeah, with with severe nut allergy, look, you know, we we know it's great that you're having those epipens with you, um, and we'll make sure then that you know, with regards to anyone uh, using nuts on that trip, um, we'll we'll brief everyone. To, to limit that and almost sort of get that, you know, um, stopped. Because I know with, if you've got a serious nut allergy, it, it doesn't take much, does it? Um, so, yeah, Chris, um, yeah, as long as you let us know. Um, sorry, Chris, I've only got your first name on here, mate. But, yeah, if you are watching, uh, do let us know. Do drop us an email, um, info at evertrek.co.uk, just so we can um, sort of make sure that we've got all that covered for you when you when you come on EBC. Exactly. And Killy. So, um, um, yeah. Nathan Taylor and um, booked for Killy February 2023. <laughs> uh when does linda need to inform you of any dietary requirements uh vegan yeah nice I, just let us um just let us know before you go um as long the thing is we'll, we'll always brief the, the team anyway before you arrive so you know uh if you want to let us know now we can we can leave a note um so we know when you arrive but uh, if you want to tell us near the time um yeah we can brief the team brief the guides uh brief the cooks and the chef, you know all the, all the all the support team and yeah that'll be fine so anytime linda uh it's always good you know, even if uh, I know it's like you're kind of waiting for the trip, um, but, you know, we, we can um, sort of save your notes here and, and we can uh, make sure that you're looked after. Yep. Awesome. Nice. Well, excuse me, Dave. Um, right. Gavin, looking forward to EBC trip in November. Yep. Gavin, can't wait to have you using contact lenses. I think we had a couple of couple of these last um, uh, last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, other, other people's experiences of using them. Do most people use daily lenses? Uh, that's his first question, and then he asks about water bladders. I suppose we'll we'll come back to that. He, he is wishing you a speedy recovery, Dave. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, Dave, where, where do we start with, with regards um, to contact lenses? I'm not using them gonna, myself. I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that Shona used contact lenses, but I don't know. Um, I don't use them myself. I know people have used them. With yeah. regards to daily or the ones that you wear for like a week, I'd probably suggest ones that you wear a week would be better you want to avoid taking them in and out as much as possible i guess and um in, yeah. in that respect because obviously it's not the it's not the most sterile environment when you're in those lodges and stuff like that um yeah but i don't know um i'm not i don't wear contact lenses and to be yeah. fair i don't even wear my glasses if i don't have to read anything 
So, um, Ramona. Yeah. I knew Ramona would know. <laughs> oh, is it Ramona? Yeah, is that a Shona, was it? Uh, yeah. Maybe Too Shona many. did as well. Too yeah. many. <laughs> no, um, great stuff. Ramona used, uh, even she knew it was Ramona. See, they, they, they know. They know, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, daily disposables for me at EBC. There we go. Um, yeah, it's. I, I know I've had some comments around it before, and I think um, I think some of the guys who were in um, uh, on Killy with us, Dave, when it comes to uh, cleaning and stuff, yeah, limiting that as much as you can, but if you use yeah. disposable ones, then yeah, that, that's that's a really good idea yeah. um, with regards to that. He does ask as well about water bladders and the best way to keep them clean on the EBC track. Dave, well, I know you, you're good at keeping your bladder clean. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I've only ever cleaned my bladder about once or twice over the entire time I've used it. So to be honest, because well, you're filling it up multiple times every day, um, yeah. you don't really need to keep it clean over the length of a trek. Um, when you're cleaning your water bladder, it's more that when you know you're not going to use it for a period of time, I'll completely clean it and dry it out, and then it's fine for the next time I use it. But when you're on a trip, you're going to be filling it up, draining it, filling it up, draining it multiple times a day. So you won't really need to clean that water bladder during the day, yeah. especially if it's new as well. You're not going to get a buildup of any nasty rubbish in there. It's only when it's been left. Um, you know, if you if you stop using it and there's a little bit of water in there and then you leave it for like weeks or months on end, particularly if it's in sunlight, that yeah. will um, it will grow. It will grow some grow a bit of fur on it. But I reckon, yeah, completely empty it, dry it out. But when you're yeah. on the trip, don't worry about it. It's not necessary. It's more of a headache than you need trying to keep that thing clean. And by the fact that you're filling it and draining it and using it every day, it's not necessary. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, Andrew Scott, actually, um, quite, a, quite a big question, I suppose. And, yeah, could do a whole live on this. But another page on Facebook claiming Kathmandu has gone back into lockdown. Um, yeah, that's that's right. Um, over the last yeah. couple of days, uh, you know, we all uh, – I don't know if you've actually been – Hiding under a rock, you'll, you'll know what's happening in India right now, which is, um, uh, you know, which is really bad at the moment. And obviously, uh, Nepal is just across the border uh, from India. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, the cases are rising uh, in Nepal. Uh, we have been keeping an eye on it. Uh, speaking to Anuj yesterday, um, who's our kind of ops manager in Nepal. Um, and he's confirmed that because there's quite a lot of cases, especially with the variant from India, that uh, Kathmandu is going to lockdown, uh, I think, on the 29th in a couple of days. It might even be already. Yeah. Because it's, um, you know, but, you know, we're, we're in April now. Uh, you know, we're, we're hopeful that obviously these these lockdowns, these things get, um, uh, you know, obviously will be over by by the autumn uh, in Nepal. Uh, talk about Nepal here. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, yeah, certainly it's been on our re uh, radar. Um, we've had sort of internal discussions on it. And, uh, yeah, we're keeping an eye on it. Yeah, um, certainly. And obviously we're wishing our team all the best out there. I mean, I don't know if you saw our, uh, we did a little little post um, around uh, vaccinations. Uh, Nuj had his second. Uh, all the other guides will be having their vaccinations as well. So we wish them all the best, you know. They've yeah. had it um, They've had it hard out there. And unfortunately, at the moment, there's um, uh, the, the Everest summits uh, are um, still going ahead, uh, you know, but it's, there's lots of opinions on that. Dave, I know we shared our opinions earlier over lunch, but it's... Um, it is crazy that, to be honest, there's there's people on the mountain. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's happening, isn't it? Well, obviously, we made the you know the call, and it was the right call, and it was well, it's kind of made for us that you know not yeah. not to run this spring season. Yeah. Um And it's you know it it's like all of that. Um, <laughs> do you know what? it's it's like the Jeff Goldblum problem, you know, from Jurassic Park. Just because you could doesn't necessarily mean you should. Um, yeah. And we we realized that we, we both couldn't and shouldn't 
you know so i think that even if it was possible then you know we might we would have made the right call because clearly yeah. that the world is still in flux everywhere you know there's yeah. one country has a lower another country raises and that's the way it is over there india is obviously in a bad situation so we are sending our prayers and thoughts over to all the guys over there and, and to everyone in india as well and anyone that suffered from coronavirus and i i i'm comfortable and i'm glad that no ever trackers are out there at the moment yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah going yeah. through that you know that helps me yeah. sleep at night <laughs> you know yeah well um, you know we, we, i certainly think we made the right decision uh, i know like dave said it was it was kind of we didn't really have a choice but you know um there are companies that have found a way to get out there um you know but and, and are out there right now in spent more more climbing everest you know in terms of the uh, trekking yeah um, some of the local operators have been running and yeah it's unfortunately there's there's yeah there's coronavirus everest base camp right now we can't hide that um you know and that's you know altitude is not good so you know we do wish all the people the best out there yeah um, exactly. you know and and who knows it might be over the next week who knows if they if they'll curtail that um you know because of the situation again in uh, in india but you know we i suppose you don't want to go into too much today but uh, yeah all, all we can say is we, you know, we wish everyone the best over there yeah um, you know we're in direct uh, communication with the team and um you know we're sure they'll be fine uh, but yeah unfortunately these lockdowns bry i know you're on here as well mate yeah get over there uh, <laughs> one of the lockdowns in Kathmandu in march um, yeah you didn't mind it a loft um but yeah definitely yeah, um, right. I think I, I think they, uh, they they drained the bar, didn't they? I think <laughs> they did drain the bar. Yes, like um, a good old Everdrecker should. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, good. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on. Yeah, question yeah. from Neil Giles is uh, yeah. he's um, question is regarding Everest Base Camp Trek. How many are there in a group? Um, so a group, probably twelve ish, is the most accurate number I can give you. We don't like to be too strict one way or another. So if a group is maxed out at twelve. And then you ring me and you say, Dave, you know, my partner really wants to come with me. Yeah. I'm not going to say no, 12, you know, so 12 ish. Um, what we have having to do because of or because of, again, the situation with rescheduling everyone's trips is with some dates, you know, we we are so popular. We might have like 25 people on there. What we've yeah. decided to do is run two parallel groups. So yeah. you'll each have your own core members, which will be 12 ish, your own guide, your own porters. Um, it just so happens you go into the same place at the same time as with other ever trackers and other trackers from around the world as well. So yeah, about 12-ish per group, but you may see another group of ever trackers sort of just slightly over the way. But um, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, it, that was from Neil. And uh, there's another one from Neil. Um, what, what's the weather like in EBC in late October? Um, yeah, surprisingly warm. I mean, during the day, you know, you're, you're talking shorts and t-shirt weather. Um and this is this is the Kumbu. This is this is Everest Base Camp. Uh, you know, we always say plan for four seasons because you can. You you might get some rain lower down in October. Um, you might not. I know we have uh, on some treks. We haven't on others. Um, but then as you get higher, um, you know, we'll get colder, and the shorts and t-shirt will get replaced by trekking trousers. You know, maybe a jumper or two. Um, you know, and certainly when you're above five thousand meters, then when you're near uh, Everest Base Camp, um, you might have your down jacket on, woolly hat. Um, you know, your gloves maybe even thermals on depending on how you like with them um, you know if you prefer if you if you run hot like dave you know he doesn't really need to put all those layers on yeah um and some sometimes like me i, I prefer an extra layer or a down jacket and it, that works for me um but yeah neil so you know i'd say temperature wise october you, know, you can get below zero especially at everest base camp sometimes down to minus 10 at night when the anywhere once you're at certain i'd say three and a half four thousand meters over once the um you know, once the sun sets, it does get quite cold. 
Um, but yeah, good, you know, good idea then just to chuck the, you know, the, the, the down jacket on. Um, yeah. You know, even at night, we've seen people wear some of those sort of thermal um, sort of slippers, uh, like down slippers. I have never worn them myself. They do look cozy, I've got to be honest. My dad's um, got a pair, but... Um, has he? They, they, they just... It's fine if you, like... I prefer to, like, just put some sliders on, man, and get some air to those feet, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, and warm them up next to the stove in the middle of the room, I think. But, um, yeah, they do look comfy, to be fair. Um, so another uh, food question, Andy McGowan-Jones. Yeah, yeah. Low-carb slash keto would be an option on Killy. Um, do you know what? Probably, yes. Um, generally speaking... Um, so in a normal standard, like no, no dietary requirements, you know, it's, it's more of a balanced meal. So there's yeah. probably almost like 50, 50, you know, carbs and, and meat. Um, if you're already keto, I wouldn't fancy transitioning and, and going keto just on the hill. If you're already keto, low carb, and you're already functioning well and exercising and feeling the power, then, you know, certainly, you know, there's a, there's definitely meat available, like lots of chicken and stuff like that. So in fact, pretty much only chicken. So as long as you don't mind eating just chicken <laughs> for like eight days, um, then you'll be fine. But I suppose you could bring some, maybe some beef jerky or something like that from home um, just to supplement your diet and stuff like that. But um, yeah. yes, it, it would be possible. Yeah, it would be. Um, as long, like I said, as long as you don't get bored of chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we have um, socks and sliders. <laughs> that's that's definitely sliders, mate, All that's the way. I am, I am socks and sliders, man, every day. Not for me. <laughs> but um, no, it's all good, Dave. I'll let you wear them. Um, but yeah, what was I going to say then? It was, yeah, I think it was around um, uh, Leah. I prefer a bimble to tramping. Uh, yeah, we have the bimbling Yeti in the other room who loves a bimble. Um, and yeah, definitely her motto is it a bimble is better than a bash, uh, is certainly one. And yeah, you Google bimble. So what does it mean to amble without real aim, yet in a friendly and harmless manner? I like that. Yeah. I think if I was ever going to buy a, a present for, for fee, it'd be that on a little plaque somewhere, you know, because that'd be yeah. quite nice. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to a bash, I think that's like, that's, that's not a party. I think she'd prefer a party <laughs> over a bimble. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Brilliant. Um, right, Dave. Yeah, we, we still got some uh, heaps of questions to go. Uh, what have we got here? So, yeah, you've got uh, Ramona. Uh, I'm going to throw this one in there for the ladies, Remeds. Is it advised to stop taking the combined oral contraceptive pill? Before trekking at altitude, it can be a higher risk of thrombosis. Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I know and, and feedback from people who've had, uh, who've taken the, the contraceptive pill or altitude, because I know that especially in Killy, um, taking it with anti-malarials can, it, does, it doesn't work as well. Um, yeah, so just something I've heard on the great Which one doesn't work as that. well? The malarials or the pregnancy one? The pregnancy. Okay, so just just be careful in the just, tent then, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, but definitely, I think if there's any uh, anyone that's had experience of using both of those, um, or you know, uh, any any info around that, I wouldn't say um, the expert on it, but I'd, yeah, I'd like to find out actually, um, Ramona. I'll, I'll definitely do some research on it. Uh, but if there's any other um, any other people that know a bit more information about that, then yeah, let us know. Yeah. Excellent. So um, moving on, where are we at? Andrew Scott, can Diamox be available in a chemist in Tamil to be the real deal? Chemists over here seem to have everything, but is everything? Chemists over there seem to have everything, but everything is safe. Okay, so yes. to be honest, it probably is the real deal. Um, I don't, I think that, um, you know, that, that it's not going to be like fake Diamox or anything. I've seen it over there. 
I've not bought any from there because the guides yeah. always have it, so you know it's safe. Uh, or I bring my own. Um, my only question would be not so much whether it was the real deal or not, but is it in date? You yeah. know, like um, what's the dosage on it? Um, the language on the packet might, you know, it might be a different dose or something like that. So I, I honestly think there's no need to buy any um, locally. Um, if you need it, your guide will have it and your guide will yeah. be, or, or even if you wanted, you really wanted to buy some, you, you could you could go to your guide and they would be able to get you legitimate, healthy, correct stuff, you know, and you wouldn't yeah. have to even even take the punch. So my <laughs> advice is don't buy anything really over there that's unnecessary, like Diamox or something like that, when we can get it for you. Yeah. Um, you know, but there are lots of other stuff. Like the chemists can be really good. Like I actually needed antibiotics. I picked up a, a parasite once and then was able to get antibiotics like super quick over there. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you and yeah, you well, didn't really know what it was, right? But it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea what it was. Um, literally, I spoke to a doctor and they they told me um, what one to get and just said you can get it locally at a chemist. So I just sent my dad out with a list and it came back and it was about four different pills, all different colors, but I was assured they were the same. But by that point, I'll be honest with you, I was uh, I was panicking a little bit because I had, I had to get a flight in 24 hours and I was in no fit state. So um, yeah, but they, they worked, yeah, it's fine. But that was, that was you know, a, a case of dire need. Something like Diamox, I would just get it from my guide. <clears throat> yeah, 100%, exactly. I mean, you know, I know some people like to, to sort of keep their own. So if you wanted to get any before, just in case, um, but they are, they are quite pricey. Um, but don't forget, if you, um, you know, if you, if you do are visiting Nomad Health Clinics, um, you know, you do get some discount on the medication. Yeah. Um, just mention, just mention Evertrek. They should be able to give you some, uh, I think it's about 10% discount on the medication. Um, and then you get a, a free consultation as well if you do purchase any medication after that consultation. So, yeah, um, just let you know about if, if you go in to see any health clinics. Nomad are really good. Um, you should be able to, there's, there's more information on the website. Um, yeah, definitely check that out. So Jerome has asked again around, does drinking three or four liters a day affect your daily allowance, any medication? Um, I presume what you mean in that if there's any, sorry, Jerome, it's just the way I'm reading it. If you, if there's any medication like Diamox and you, you've got to kind of drink more, is that how you're saying it? Because yeah, I, I think something I've noticed and, and Dave mentioned before that, yeah, if you're taking diuretic, if you're taking diuretic, if you're taking Diamox, it is a diuretic. It does make you wee more. So you do yeah. drink, you know, another liter or of, of water, um, essentially. Or, you know, so, someone once said that um, when you're when you're out there, and you know, don't want to go into too much detail on live, but in terms of the color of your wee, if it's clear, then you're hydrated. If it's not, then you need to drink more water um, and use that as a gauge. But generally, you know, if, if you don't need to get too scientific about it, just stick to four or five liters of water a day. Um, yeah. You know, obviously if it's warm, you're sweating, maybe drink a little bit more. And, you know, that does help you acclimatize it. I'd say nine times out of 10, any altitude issues I've ever seen are because they haven't drunk enough water. Yeah. So, you know, if you can just get that right, you know, and drink enough water, then, you know, you're not leaving it to, to, to all, you know, potentially all the other stuff. You might have a dodgy belly or, yeah. you know, um, you know, you just, so some people, you know, missing home or, um you know you, you maybe some people have, have twisted an ankle but yeah nine times out of ten is hydration yeah. so yeah it's so important uh, you know I, I hate to drum on about it and i've talked about it so many times over the last few years hydration 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 it's one of the um, it's one of the most important things isn't it and it's like you said nine times out of yeah. ten if you well ten times out of ten if someone's suffering altitude sickness the first thing the guy will ask is how much have they how much have they drunk 
Yeah. And um, it's not that difficult, really, when you think about it. Like, you know, three to four is a minimum. I tend to do four to five because I run hot, which means I sweat a lot. Um, but, you know, cups of tea, they count, you know, three liters in your bladder. Make sure that's empty yeah. by the time you arrive. That's, you know, and a few cups of tea. That's pretty much three and a half, four liters right there, you know, so nice and yeah. easy. I think Mark Mark Beecroft, if it looks like Lucas Aid, get some water on board. Yeah, definitely. If it yeah, looks exactly. like Lucas Aid, we're having a word. <laughs> oh, well, it's tricky if you take Barocca every day, isn't it? Because Barocca will, it's like glow in the dark. Um, yeah, that, next, that's a good point. Next week podcast, what colour is your wee? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, okay. There's a, is, is a hashtag there somewhere, Dave. Yeah. Hashtag, what colour is your wee? Okay. Yeah, Maybe, um, totally. yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. There was a pee chart over the toilet. I love it. See, I... All these things you think think you shouldn't talk about, clearly you guys want to talk about it. Well, this is the thing you, you don't want to shy away <laughs> from these uh, from these um, these topics because no, you know when although you know in over the dinner table perhaps not, but you know when you're out there trekking, these are the things that matter. <laughs> you know, we're all, all of our all of our bodies and their you know functions are sort of laid out. You know, we all have to go through it. Nice one. Um, like a few more questions then, because I know we've we've gone on a bit here. But um, uh, Diane asked around. Uh, she kind of caffeine. Ah, oh, she. I love a good. Sorry, I have to have my coffee when I'm on here. Um, is the tea they give you black tea? I'll bring my own herbals if necessary. You know, one thing, I, especially in Nepal, Diane. Um, a little bit different than the other countries, but Nepal is known for fantastic tea. Loads of different um, different teas out there. Rhododendron tea. Rhododendron tea, yes, yeah, fantastic, isn't yeah, it? Um, I'm trying that masala tea. Um, you got so many different teas, and yeah, that um, certainly if there's ones that uh, obviously have caffeine because you can't have caffeine, there are like really clean. I say clean, is that there's not much to um teas that you can have out there. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely uh, discuss it with your guy because that you know, the locals do know more, a bit more about the, the types of leaves that they can use that. I know rhododendron tea is very clean. Rhododendron tea is very clean. Also, the tea out there is not. Um, I mean, by all means, bring your own tea bags. If yeah, you yeah, have, sorry, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you have like a strawberry or something like that. But um, yeah. the teas that you know the the term like white tea. You know, so it's yeah. not with milk. You know, our tea bags without milk. The teas like coffee almost over there. It, it, it's yeah. like what they call like white tea predominantly. So it, you can drink it without milk, and it's not like black and too strong. It's quite yeah. nice. Sometimes they put honey in it. A um, bit of ginger as well, which is supposed to be really healthy yeah. and helps acclimatize. Um, as long as you don't mind little chunks of ginger, you like the ginger tea, and is I do like the ginger. Tea? Well, so ginger's so good for you, and yeah. you know, um, yeah, when you're out there getting all the goodness you can get, you know, that's why I know you're taking maybe supplements. You know, you got like um, like a barocca or something like that. But if you can get some ginger or garlic, I mean, we haven't. I, I'm surprised we haven't even talked about garlic soup today. Um, garlic soup. Yeah, ah, fantastic. One of the the best, and you know all, all the Sherpa and the guides. Um, you know they always harp on about if anyone's not feeling too good, they'll try them with a garlic soup. Maybe if that'll be yeah. that. And a Sherpa stew is another one if you've lost your appetite. But they they say a lot of people believe, and some people say it's an old wives' tale. Some people say there's some truth to it. But yeah. um, garlic help it helps with altitude sickness and with acclimatizing. Um, exactly. So I remember when I remember when I first went with um, EBC with my friend Billy. And yeah. he was suffering some altitude sickness problems. And um, one of the porters came up with a little plastic baggie with like four or five cloves of garlic in it and told him to keep it in his pocket next to his car. <laughs> and um, honestly, yeah. for, for, for about six days straight, Billy trekked with garlic on him. 
Um, he reeked because they were the most powerful <laughs> clothes ever. But well, you know what? I think he took them home with him and was like, you know, got my garlic wow. with me, you know. So That's yeah, that was, it was brilliant. You should get them framed, man. That's uh, this is the reason I got to ever space camp these damn guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> brilliant. Um, right, Dave. Any others, mate? Before we kind of sign off, uh, I know it's, um, it's been great that we covered loads today. It's brilliant today, guys. Yeah, it's one of those where I think we can talk and talk and talk about this type of thing. There's so much more, but um, yeah, no, it's really good just to clarify, obviously, that if you do have a dietary requirement or yeah. intolerance for one thing or another, or made a choice about what food you eat. Yeah, pretty much you can be accommodated. Um, yeah. Just give us a little bit of force, uh, forewarning, and we can make sure that you're okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice, Dave. Okay, great stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, any any questions we haven't uh, quite got through, we'll go back through and, and see if we can pick them up. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll obviously catch you next week. Um, as Dave said, just a just kind of sort of summary, really, uh, a summarise. Is that yeah? If it was anything that's kind of uh, you know, like any dietary intolerance, just let us know. Drop yeah. us an email info at evertrek.co.uk or drop us a little message uh, on the uh, on the chat on our website, and um, yeah, we can uh, we can sort of work that out for you, whatever it is, you know. And uh, we'll do our utmost best uh, to to get you to where you want to get to, whatever challenge you're going through. Um, yeah, you know, just just let us know, and um, that's what we're here for to help you get from where you are now which is wanting to go on adventures, where wanting to go to Everest Base Camp or Kili or Machu Picchu or Aconcagua, wherever you want to go. That's what, that's what we're here for, to help you on the journey. Um, right, guys, but yeah, we'll see you next week. See you guys, bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye